If this is your first night, I have to tell you, you missed it last night. But thank God for technology because you can go back and watch it. But from here on out, I suggest you be on time at 7.30 every night for the rest of the week to receive the word of God. At this time, we're going to go into our prayer. So I ask that you will reverently bow before Christ this evening as we pray. Father God, we come before you humbly bowed, thanking you for your goodness your mercy, your love, and your grace. We just thank you for your blessings, the fact that we are coming together on this line this evening, worshiping you, giving you all the praise, all the honor and glory. Lord, we thank you in spite of everything that's going on around us. We just thank you that you are still in control. You are still on the throne. You are still God, and you know that your people crave your heart. This evening, Lord, we lift up those um, in need of special prayer. Um, we're gonna place before you those who are um, having mental anguish, mental illness, mental stress, those who are in a spot where they don't know where to turn, Lord. There's so much turmoil out there. There's so much negativity. There's just so much hate. There's just so much just, just Nothing positive out there, Lord, but tonight we want to come before you and lift them up and we want to offer them hope through you, Lord, because we know that regardless of what's going on around in this world, Lord, you still have us in the palm of your hands. Lord, for those who feel down, who don't know where to turn, who don't know what to do, may they lift their, their eyes to the hills from which cometh their help, Lord, because our help comes from you. Lord, we pray for those who might feel that life is not worth living. They have suicidal thoughts and they don't, they don't feel that they're being valued or they're being loved and, and they just don't see the need to go on, Lord. Please touch them right now, Lord, and let them know that the reason to go on is because you love them and that you still want to use them to look, bring others to you. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling in their everyday to day life, um, just not knowing where to make ends meet and where to turn. But we ask that you will help us to guide them to you, Lord, and that you will reach out to them and you will use us, Lord. Uh, a lot of us go through things and we keep it shut up and we don't share. We don't tell people that God does exist. God does take care of his people. God still loves his people. And we need to share that because we know that that is true. And it is wrong for us to hold that, Lord, because there is somebody looking for hope. So this evening, we ask that you will touch us, Lord, to help us to touch others and lead them to you. And as we continue with tonight's meeting, Lord, we pray that everything that's done in this meeting will be to your name's honor and glory. And may the message that you will have for your people go out and be heard and received. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. This evening, we hope that you will enjoy what you are being, what's being presented to you. And at this time, we're going to bring for special music the Bethel Seventh-day Adventist Choir.
All right. Amen. 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 Jesus. Excellent. How excellent is your name. I am Pastor Kelby McCautry from the Denver Park Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we want to say welcome again to you for the second night of our camp meeting experience. You know, a few years ago when we were pastoring back in St. Louis, um, usually what would happen is the boys do well in school. And our way of celebrating was to take them and do something really, really special. And the thing that we would always do is take them, or at least I would take them, and get them some McDonald's French fries. Because everybody knows if you're going to celebrate, you got to have McDonald's French fries. Well, this one particular time, I took the boys and all three of them were sitting around the table with me. And understand, I took them to McDonald's. I purchased the French fries. As their father, I was the one who decided to give them the French fries. But when I sat down at the table with them, it was my youngest son who, I don't know what got into him, but as I went to reach and take one or two French fries from his little pile, he took his little nubby fingers and put his hands around those French fries as if to say with his little self, no, daddy, these are mine. I gave him a look that I think he straightened up right away, but it made me think how many of us as children do the same thing with God? How many of us tend to think that because we have certain things that we look at God as our heavenly father and say, just like my son said to me, no, daddy, these are mine. I want you to realize that it is God who gives us everything that we have. It is he that blesses us with every good and perfect gift. And so this evening, we want to do something special. We want to take an opportunity now this evening to give back to God just because he's given to us. And so if God has been good to you, we want to do our offering this evening. And there are four different ways that you can give your offering this evening. I know it's going to come up on the screen here, but there are four different ways in which you can give. And the first way that you can give is to go to our conference website, www.central-states.org. And when you go to the conference website, just click on how to give and then click on online giving. And you follow the prompts there and you'll be able to donate your offering there. Or you can go to adventistgiving.org. Or um, if you don't do that, you can download the Adventist Giving app. And so you can take your smartphone and download that app. Or you can download the Central States Conference app. It's available on either the Google platform or on the uh, Android, Android platform. And so uh, you can download the conference app. It's CS Conference down there. You can do that. Or another way you can give, you can download Cash App and you can give to our handle there, dollar sign CSC3301. So again, we want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for all that you've been doing. Remember, while salvation is free, ministry takes money. So again, we thank you for all that you have been doing. And we ask that you will continue to give so that we might continue to do God's work in this area. We're going to go ahead now and toss it back to our conference president, Elder Bernard, as he gives us now the introduction of our speaker. All right, all right. We want to say good night to everyone. That doesn't mean go away. We're just getting started. But I have the pleasure and privilege of introducing our powerful speaker for the night, 
Pastor Marcus Larivo. Marcus, if you just come online with me and join us for a few moments uh, as we introduce you to those that will be listening to you on this evening. So, man, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm blessed. I'm I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Look like you're ready to go for tonight. Oh, I am excited. There's a word from the Lord tonight, so I'm good to go. All right, man. Listen, tell us about your, your where were you born? Tell us about your family. I was born in the great state of New Jersey. Um, my Both my parents were born in Haiti. My mom grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in the great nation of Brooklyn. And um, I was raised in New Jersey. Um, my dad was an Adventist pastor. So I went to Adventist High School. I went to the Pine Forge Academy. I went to the Oakwood University. And I also completed a Master's of Divinity degree as well. So I'm, um, I, I've been Adventist through and through. All right. Well, we, we certainly see that. I'm glad you went to the Oakwood University. <laughs> Listen, Marcus, man, tell us what, what kind of what are your hobbies? What kind of things do you like to do? Um, well, aside from preaching the gospel, which um, is my life calling, um, I like to play the piano. I'm a musician, so I'm really passionate about music. And then I really like social justice. I'm really passionate about participating in my community, be active, being active um, and civically engaged and then working out. You got to work out every day. Got to take care of your body. That's right. So, Marcus, you had the uh, you had the opportunity to speak to some important people. Can you tell us a little who did you speak to and um, what did you say in a nutshell? What did you say to them? Well, uh, we've been doing a lot of work here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we're super excited about how God has opened doors uh, for us to be able to make significant changes. And um, here in Lincoln, I've been able to build relationships with the mayor, with uh, my city council uh, officials, um, but I also was able to um, have dialogue with our state senators and talk to them about some of the issues that have been taking place both in the state and around the country, around police brutality, and ensure that we are creating a, side, a society that is safe for all people, um, and especially our people as we have been um, systematically oppressed by the policing and criminal justice system. So I was able to go and give a speech and God really blessed and it was able to inspire a lot of people. It has now over 10,000 views across social media platforms. So God really blessed in that regard. And we're glad to be able to do the work. Even today, before I left here, I had a meeting with my city council official. So we're continuously doing the work and God is continuously blessing us. Well, well, Pastor, we appreciate you and all the work that you're doing there in the Lincoln, Nebraska area. We are excited to have you as a part of the Central States Conference. Yes, sir. So we, we can't wait to hear what God has placed on your heart tonight. But before you preach, um, we are blessed to have vessels from the Allen Chapel uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. That's actually the church you pastor. Yes, vessels sir. will bring us to special music. And then everyone, after we shall have been presented special music by Vessels, the next voice you will hear would be that of Pastor Marcus Laravo. Hear ye the words of the Lord. Amen.
Amen, 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 amen. Give me a clean heart that I may follow thee. Amen. Thank you so much, Vessel, to my church, Allen Chapel, for leading us in music ministry tonight. Um, it is indeed an honor and a privilege to be your pastor, and I love you so much. And you have loved me like family, and that has indeed been a blessing to me. And I want you to know that I love you too, from the bottom of my heart. I love you like the skin of my own back. And I pray that God will continue to bless you as God has continued to bless me through you. Uh, I wanna say thank you so much to my conference for allowing me to participate in camp meeting this year. Uh, it is always an honor and a privilege to be asked to preach and to have my conference ask me to do this at such an important moment during camp meeting is indeed a rich honor and a blessing. So to our president, um, Roger Bernard, to our vice president, Kristen Josiah, to our treasurer, Tanya Anderson, and to all of those who helped to lead our conference, I'm very, very, very grateful for this opportunity. I would also like to say thank you to all of you for tuning in, for watching. Um, God has a word for us tonight. And so I'm inviting you to share this link now, text somebody, invite them, tell them to get on the line right now because God has a word for God's people. The theme for camp meeting is craving the heart of God. And I just hope that there are some people out there who are still craving God's heart who are still searching for a deeper relationship with God. I hope that there are some people out there who are still yearning to go deeper and to be immersed in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I hope there are still some people out there who are craving the heart of God. And, um, and if that is you tonight, then I know that you will find what you are looking for because I serve a God who is not sleeping. He's a God who does not slumber nor sleep. God whose ear is not too deaf and whose arm is not too short to reach down and snatch us out of our situation and place our feet on solid ground. Uh, today there is a word from the Lord and I don't know if you can tell, but I am excited about it. I won't take up any more of your time, but we will go to the text now and see what God has to say to us. The text I'm going to read for tonight is Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 18 and 19. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, 
Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Uh, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Oh, there ought to be someone to say amen. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. It has anointed me to preach the gospel. Let's preach together tonight under the title, Should Adventists Fight for Social Justice? Should Adventists Fight for Social Justice? Should Adventists Fight for Social Justice? Let's pray. Lord, help us lest we perish. Amen. 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 Should Adventists Fight? for social justice. Over the course of the past few weeks, we have been inundated with ideas about social justice, inundated with images on our TV screens and in the news on our phones and our notifications, in our conversations at home with our children, with our parents, with our coworkers. It seems as if everywhere we turn, we are hearing more and more about the issues of civil unrest in our country. We have all been learning and trying to grow in our knowledge as it comes to injustice in this country and how this nation, come here, Christian America, how this nation has claimed the banner of our God, but has not lived up to the standards of mercy and justice that God has outlined for God's people. We've seen the death of black and brown bodies, so many to name. Uh, we started with Ahmaud Arbery, and then we saw Breonna Taylor, and then we saw Judge George Floyd. And it seems like every day there's someone new. Every day there's something new to protest. Every day there's a new reason for us to make our voices heard and participate in this discussion. And it's been a difficult discussion to participate in because while for some it may seem like there is a heightened sense of attention to the issues of injustice that are happening in our nation now, what we are actually finding for many of us is that this discussion is merely an unraveling and uncovering of a great issue that Black people have been talking about in this nation for a long time. That the truth is that this is not new to us, that we have experienced persecution and oppression, suppression and depression for hundreds of years since we first came to these yet to be united states of America. We found that we have 
dealt with racism and injustice from the very beginning of this nation. And ever since the civil rights movement, our voices have been brushed aside as if what we have said has been happening hasn't actually been happening. Um, they have told us that it is our fault that we have experienced the type of brutality by the hands of the state that we have complained about. As a matter of fact, they used to tell us it was because we were stupid, that's why we were oppressed. And then we went to school and got degrees behind our names, but still we were shot dead in the streets. Um, they told us it, it was because we were disrespectful to authority that we were being killed. So we learned respectability politics and learned how to cooperate with law enforcement. Yet still we were being killed in the streets. Um, they told us that it was because we were dressed like thugs with our pants hanging too low and our shirts too big. So we bought nice shirts and nice double-breasted suits, but yet and still they were killing us in the streets. Uh, they told us that it was because there was no evidence to prove that the racism exists. So we started recording it and playing it on the news and on social media so that the world could see we gave the police officers body cameras, but Black people kept on dying. We have had to face the reality of injustice in this nation when officers are breaking down the doors to the wrong people's houses and shooting young women like Breonna Taylor unarmed in their bed, that's when America has finally stopped to pay attention to the issues of Black people. Now, I have been Black my whole life. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's good news, somebody. I've never been anything else, but as I said in the introduction, I've also been Adventist my whole life. Um, um, uh, uh, I like to say that I'm Adventist born and I'm Adventist bred, and when I die, I will die Adventist dead, that I've always been Adventist, as I have always been Black. Uh, and I have wrestled with the question over the course of the past few weeks, should Seventh-day Adventist Christians engage in issues of social justice? Is it appropriate uh, for Seventh-day Adventist Christians to give a voice to what is going on in society around us? I grew up in a time uh, uh, not too long ago where they used to try and dissuade Adventists from participating in social justice. Uh, they 
used to tell Adventist people that they shouldn't get involved in issues of politics because we have a separation of church and state. Um, I have read about the history of how when other Black church leaders were marching in the civil rights movement that there were Adventist voices serving as dissenters saying that they should not have been fighting the way they were as clergy because they ought to represent God and not the state. And the question I think is still relevant today as I still hear Adventist voices saying things like uh, Adventists shouldn't vote or shouldn't participate in civil discourse. Uh, I wrestled with this question and I found that it was a question worth wrestling with. And I asked God, is it appropriate for me as a Black Seventh-day Adventist Christian to give a voice in social justice? And do I advise the people of God to participate in civic engagement and speak truth to power wherever injustice rears its ugly head? And as I spoke with God about it, I found that God began to speak to me. I, I hope that there are some saints out there that still believe that God is speaking to God's people. Uh, God began to speak to me and began to encourage me. And God said, Marcus, look at who you are and look at who I am. I said, God, I see uh, what you're saying, but help me to understand. And God said, you call yourself Seventh-day Adventist. And I said, yes, I'm Seventh-day Adventist. I'm Adventist born, I'm Adventist bred. When I die, I'll die Adventist dead. He said, yes, you are Seventh-day Adventist. Look at the title and look at what I'm saying to my people. I said, God, what do you mean? He said, well, you are Seventh-day Adventist. That means you worship on the seventh day. And I looked at the seventh day as the Sabbath, and I looked at the commandment that God gave to Moses and the people, and I found that they were twice the commandments were given and twice that we were told to worship on the seventh day. Uh, I hope there's some the Seventh-day Adventists out here who, who know what I'm talking about. The more popular and first time that we see the commandments in, in is in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 20. And in Exodus chapter 20, the commandment, and you know the fourth commandment, the Sabbath commandment, it says that um, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Um, in it thou shalt not do any work. Thou know thy son, know thy daughter, know thy man, maid servant cattle stranger within thy gates why for in six days the lord made the heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day wherefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and hallowed it which is to say that the reason why we keep the sabbath is because god made the sabbath in genesis and declared it was a holy day but that's not the only reason that the scripture says we ought to keep the Sabbath. I did a little bit of research and a little bit of 
digging Seventh-day Adventists, and I found in Deuteronomy 5, the Ten Commandments were given as well. And I found that the fourth commandment for the Sabbath was there, but it's a little different. It says, keep the Sabbath day holy as the Lord God has commanded thee. Six days shall thy labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. You should not do any work, your son, your daughter, manservant, maidservant, ox, cattle, stranger within thy gates, um, will should rest as well. And in verse 15, why? Remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt and that the Lord thy God brought thee out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. What are you saying, preacher? Well, the first time we see the Sabbath, it's because God is the creator in Genesis. But the second time we see the Sabbath, is because God is the liberator in Exodus. That means that wherever there are people in need of liberation, there ought to be people of God that will worship God the liberator by fighting to set them free. Oh, y'all still not hearing me today because it was in Exodus where there was a group of people born in a brought to a foreign country that some call the land of prosperity. It was in Exodus where leaders made laws that persecuted the people of God. Uh, it was in Exodus where they were forced to pick cotton and grow cotton. I mean, I mean, where they were forced to grow straw to make bricks. Uh, it was an exodus where God saw the enslaved people in Egypt and said, wherever my people are oppressed, I will send a Moses and raise a generation that will speak true to power. I will go to Egypt and set my people free. Hallelujah. Oh, that ought to be good news for you today, Black America, because God is not just the creator, but God said, if I created my people, then I've created them to be free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and I saw this in the text and God spoke to me. God said, Marcus, that's good. <laughs> so Marcus, that's good. And Marcus, that's true. But but that's not the real reason why Seventh-day Adventists should participate in social justice. I said, all right, God, what are you saying? He said, Marcus, you got to dig a little deeper. So I dug a little deeper. I said, we are Seventh-day, but we're also Adventists. Uh -huh. We believe in the Advent, the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come here, Adventist folk. Uh, we believe in the Advent based off of our understanding of prophetic literature. The reason why we found that, that Advent to be so important to put it in our name is because of our understanding of Daniel and Revelation. I wish I had some good old school Adventist folk who could preach with me today. Um, um, we are Adventists because we have the, our understanding of Daniel and Revelation. But what we have neglected and abandoned is the understanding that prophetic literature is always born out of a state of governmental oppression. 
Oh, oh, y'all not hearing me. Y'all not hearing me. Y'all not hearing me. See, Daniel was not just an ordinary man. Daniel was an Israelite in captivity in the land of Babylon. Uh -huh. He served and worked for a government that did not value his people and viewed them as second-class citizens, okay? Um, uh, uh, John on the island of Patmos was in prison because they were persecuting his people. Oh, oh, oh. You're not, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Uh, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den by unjust manipulation of the law by the governmental officials that sought to kill a specific group of people systematically through the law of the land. Oh, I wish this sound familiar to somebody. Uh, that John was thrown into prison on the island of Patmos by a criminal unjust system uh, that sought to persecute a specific people group on uh, almost like a race, you could say. And if John and Daniel were unwilling to preach the gospel against the oppressive governmental systems that had set up a mass incarceration prison system, they never would have given us the prophetic literature that we stand on here today. Day. So if there are Adventist folk anywhere, it should be you that should speak truth to power and say to the government, you may oppress us if you choose, but God is speaking through us and working in us to liberate us and set us free. Oh, if I was a better preacher, you say a louder amen. Amen, amen, amen. But 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 I saw I saw this in the text. And 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 I spoke to God about this, but God said, Marcus, that's good, but that's not good enough. Uh, I said, God, I've searched the scriptures. Uh, I said, I've analyzed myself and I've taken a good look at you. Uh, God said, Marcus, you're not looking at good enough. Uh, I said, God, what is it that you're trying to show me? Uh, God said that I'm trying to show you the most obvious of it all. Uh, I said, God, what is it that you're trying to show me just make it plain he says uh, Marcus you have to understand you are not just a seven-day Adventist but more importantly than being a seven-day Adventist if you have to be a seven-day Adventist Christian uh, he said there is no gospel without the Christ so if you're gonna talk about social justice gospel you have to then turn your eyes to the one that they call the Lion of Judah. <laughs> the one that John in Revelation calls Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. <laughs> you have to call on the one they call the Prince of Peace, the Lily of the Valley, the Bright and Morning Star, the fairest of 10,000, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. You've got to call on Jesus. <laughs> I wish that was good news for Somebody, somebody here today in their house needs to call on Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Speak to me, Jesus. Clean my heart, Jesus. Liberate me, Jesus. I may not have the answers, but I'm glad I have Jesus. Uh, 
Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, God said you've got to look at Jesus and remember that Jesus has something to say. Uh, that Jesus has something to say to a world that is dangerous, a world that seeks to oppress dark-skinned people. I said, God, what do you mean? He says, remember it was Jesus who was born in a manger. It was Jesus who was raised in a ghetto. It was Jesus who, although perfect, was baptized like a sinner. Remember, it was Jesus who was rich but chose to be itinerant like the homeless. Remember, it was Jesus that was tried like a common criminal. Uh, remember, it was Jesus, a victim of the criminal injustice system. Remember, it was Jesus that was lynched on a tree like those of black hue in my country, tis of thee that Jesus is the reason why Adventists ought to participate in social justice. <laughs> I've got two reasons why Jesus is the reason why we ought to participate in social justice. I'm going to give you those two reasons, and then I'm going to get out your way. Just give me a few more minutes. The first reason that Jesus is the reason why Adventists ought to participate in social justice is because Jesus came for the least of these. <laughs> oh, that's good news, that's good news. Jesus came for the least of these. Jesus manifested himself as the oppressed one whose earthly existence was bound up with the oppressed of the land. Uh, uh, the theologians like to call this God's preferential option for the poor. Uh, Okay, uh, I'm going to say something. I know it's going to be a little controversial for some of y'all, but the sole reason for his existence is to heal those who are afflicted and liberate those who are oppressed. Uh, for all of those who want to challenge that, I just point you to Jesus's words in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, our text for today. For Jesus came and proclaimed his mission to the world by saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel not to the rich but to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What is he saying here? That Jesus was unapologetically and undeniably against the rich and the powerful and on the side of the oppressed. In choosing to live his life this way and dying the death he chose to die, Christ proves that he is also on the side of the historically disenfranchised in this country. He chose to be with the least of these. That is to say, wherever there's oppression, that's where Jesus is. That means that Jesus is in the prisons and he's in the shelters and he's in the ghettos and he's in the concentration camps and he's on the reservations and he's in the crack houses and he's in the whorehouses and he's at the border in the cages and he's in rural Georgia where Ahmaud Aubrey was killed and he's in a Louisville, a 
apartment where they killed Breonna Taylor. And he's on the Minneapolis concrete where George Floyd was lynched. Uh, Jesus chose to live and die on the side of the oppressed. And that means he had 17, 18, 19, 20th, 21st century America in his mind's eye. Uh, that means he died knowing that the apostle Paul would refer to his execution on a tree eerily reminiscent of the strange fruit lynched black bodies that hung on trees here in these yet to be united states of America. Uh, he died in his mind's eye seeing that Nat Turner shortly before his execution by his court-appointed attorney if he had been made a mistake in leading his abortive revol revolt against slavery, Nat Turner would respond and say, was not Christ too crucified? He died knowing that in the 80s, there would be some protest rebellious music called Public Enemy who would speak of the black condition and say, crucifixion ain't no fiction. The so-called chosen are frozen. Apologies made to whoever pleases. Still, they're crucifying me like Jesus. He died and in his mind's eye. He cried out, I can't breathe. Father, into your hands, I command my breath, knowing that in 2020, George Floyd would cry out, I can't breathe. Mama, I can't breathe. Jesus died with us on his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That Jesus chose to be on the side of the oppressed and chose to be on the side of those who have been mistreated and cast aside. And if anyone were to understand that this is true, that it ought to be black people in America, because we have seen that God has always been with us. Uh, it was God that saw us enslaved at the bottom of slave boats. Uh, it was God that saw us when we chose to jump overboard to a watery grave rather than stay at the bottom of the boat while Christian slave masters sung hymns at the top of the boat. It was God that was with us when we stood on auction blocks like property instead of remembering that we were made by a true and living God. Uh, it was God that saw us when mothers were raising the slave master's children from unwanted rape relations. Uh, it was God that saw us when children were wondering who their parents was after being ripped from their mother's arms. It was God that saw us through Jim and Jane Crow. It was God that saw us through the civil rights movement when they threw the the dogs on us and opened up the hoses. It was God that saw us through mass incarceration. It was God that sees us in police brutality. And it is God that is with us now. Uh, the first reason why Adventists ought to participate in social justice is because Jesus came for the least of these. But the second reason is because Jesus came against the powers that be. 
Okay. Uh -huh. It's not just that Jesus came on the side of the oppressed, but Jesus chose to come against the oppressor. Um, Jesus did not just show up on this side of the oppressed, but chose to establish his kingdom by rebelling against the oppressor. In accepting death, Jesus said no to oppression and yes to liberation. Uh, by saying no to oppression and yes to liberation, we too are rebelliously living in the fulfillment of the promise of the cross. Uh, uh, in short, Jesus's theology was a theology of rebellion. Uh, he came against the powers that be. My God was rebellious. Uh, this is good news um, to us because in a society that sees rebellion as evil and civic cooperation as good, it was Jesus who spoke against the government, Jesus who spoke against the rich, Jesus who spoke against the strong, makes a profound theological statement that there can possibly be human liberation through rebellion and even unto death. Uh, that is to say, to be rebellious is to be like Christ. Um, uh, uh, you don't believe me? He established his kingdom over the kingdoms of this world. That's rebellion. He gathered his own army of followers. That's rebellion. He established his law of love as the chief law of the land. That's rebellion. He rioted and threw over tables and tore down oppressive systems that valued capitalism over human capital. That's rebellion. He defied Herod and Pilate and the Roman rule. This is rebellion. He denied it uh, to so many people that they had to put king of the Jews above his head in three different languages. Uh, that's rebellion. He went down to hell, looked death in the face, and declared Ahmaud Arbery's life matters, and Breonna Taylor's life matters, and George Floyd's life matters, and Black lives matter, because I have said life matters, and I'm leaving hell with with the power of my life in my hands. This is rebellion. Uh, I dare somebody to comment today. I'm rebellious. I'm rebellious. I'm rebellious. I'm rebellious. Um, to take the side of Christ means to be rebellious against the systems that oppress people. Uh, I'm going to say something a little controversial. Um, that means that to take the side of Christ means that the looting and the burning and the destroying of property of the rich and the powerful, the property of the oppressor is not the primary concern. <laughs> I do not condone the hurt and the harm of any human being, but what I am going to be primarily concerned is not with the rebellious acts of those who come against the system, but I'm going to be concerned with the plight of the oppressed and those who seek to oppress them. My concern is going to be the same concern as Jesus's concern because Jesus was against the oppressor for the oppressed. Uh, 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 and some of you might find this to be controversial, but the truth is, is that God's people have always been rebellious 
Moses and have chosen to break the law of the land in order to set the people free. Don't believe me? Well, slavery was the law, but the law was unjust. And Jim Crow was the law, but the law was unjust. And separate but equal was the law, but the law was unjust. Segregated schools and lunch counters and bathrooms and water fountains was the law, but the law was unjust. And sit at the back of the bus was the law, but the law was unjust. Stop and frisk was the law, but the law was unjust. The 94 crime bill was the law, but the law was unjust. Voter purging leading to voter suppression is the law, but the law is unjust. But let me tell you something here today. The king of this world may announce and pronounce his law, but I serve the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and the law of God will reign forever. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. I'm done now. I'm done. I'm done. I promise you. I'm done preaching. But the reason why Seventh-day Adventists ought to believe in the Bible is because of Jesus, that Jesus chose to come for the least of these. And Jesus chose to come against the power that be. So go ahead, Adventist folk, and fight for social justice. Go ahead, Adventist folk, and lead the marches. Go ahead, Adventist folk, and set the precedent for what it means to fight for civic equality in our society. Go ahead, Seventh-day Adventists, brothers and sisters, and speak truth to power. Go ahead, brothers and sisters, call up your mayor, email your the city council, go and speak to the senators and say that you must conform to the law of heaven. Go ahead and represent Jesus in the world, the same Jesus that was born in a manger, raised in a ghetto, baptized like a sinner, itinerant like the homeless, tried like a common criminal, a victim of the criminal injustice system, lynched on a tree, died for you and me, but it's coming back in the clouds of glory to take us home. I'm done preaching, but I feel like celebrating. I'm done preaching, but I hope you don't mind if I lift his name up. I do what I do because of Jesus. He's my everything. Yeah, I do it for Jesus. He's my all in all. I do it for Jesus. Some folk call him way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that's who he is. The old saints used to say, he's bread when I'm hungry. He's water when I'm thirsty. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's a doctor in the sick room. Uh, 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 he's my God. Uh, he's a great and mighty God. And I will worship him all the days of my life because they don't want his name in the news. Uh, they don't want his name in the schools. Uh, they don't want his name in your government. Uh, they don't want his name in your covenant. Uh, they don't want his name in your house. Uh, they don't want his name in your mouth. Uh, they don't want his name in earthly affairs, but we say it because what they say, nobody cares. His name is Jesus. And he's my savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
And amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for saving us. Thank you, God, for liberating us. Thank you, God, you set us free. Thank you, God, for your gift on Calvary. Thank you, God, that you are not just our creator and then abandon us to deal with the systems of this world. But God, you are our liberator and we will praise your name all the days of our lives. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this sermon. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We hope that you've been blessed. We hope that you've been blessed. And as the name of Jesus Christ has been lifted up, that you have made one of two decisions. We hope today, first and foremost and primarily, that somebody would hear the name of Jesus and choose today to say, what must I do to be saved? that you would hear the name of Jesus and the redeeming, liberating power in the name of Jesus and say, what must I do to be in relation with this great God? If that's you today, we have something for you. There's a number on the screen right now. And if you would like to give your heart to God today, text that number and let us know. We wanna put you in relationship with a pastor and with a local church that will help to nurture your spiritual growth during these times. These are important times. And it's important that you move through these times with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in your heart. If that's you today, I'm praying for you. Make a decision right now. Don't wait, don't wait. Text the number on your screen. So we can be in a relationship with you and we can help you as you grow in Jesus Christ. My second appeal is to all my good Seventh-day Adventist Christian friends and all my Christian friends around the world that if you believe in Jesus, it is your duty and responsibility to fight for justice for the people of God. How can you say you love God? when you choose not to show love and to love your brothers and sisters that are here with you today. I don't care what is your race, your nationality, your ethnic background, your gender. I don't care what it is. We all have a role to play in fighting to make a more just society because even bigger than the laws of this nation is the laws of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus came and said, the kingdom of heaven is here right now. Fight for justice. Fight for the laws of that kingdom. Let us make the world a better place, even as we wait for the judge to return and execute final judgment and take us home. God, I thank you so much that you have reminded us that we have a duty and responsibility to speak truth to power and to fight for justice wherever we see it. Let us never neglect our responsibility and our duty, especially remembering that if they will oppress others, who is to say that we will not be next? I pray, dear Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would captivate us now in our moment of vulnerability. Thank you so much, God, for speaking to us. We thank you for this word. We pray tonight not because we are worthy, but in the precious, loving, saving, awesome, mighty, 
name of Jesus Christ, let all the redeemed saints of the most high God, wherever you may be, declare, amen, 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 amen. Woo! Woo! Come on, come on, come on, come on. We ought to put our hands together right where we are. We ought to worship the true and the living God. The preacher has reminded us tonight, should Adventists fight for social justice? And I just want to read one scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1 and verse 17. The Bible says, learn to do good. Seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, and plead for the widow. Thank you, Pastor Laravel. We thank you tonight. We thank you, oh God, for using this man of God to remind us as Seventh-day Adventist Christians and as Christians, uh, if you call yourself a Christian, that we ought to serve Jesus and we ought to seek justice. Thank you. Pastor Laravel for that fire that is burning within us because of this word tonight. We want to remind you, for those of you who have decided that you want to join this army, you want to join uh, this, this body of Christ, if you would text, uh, text that, uh, uh, just send a line, just send a message to 913-214-2281. That's 913 913- Two one four two two eight one. Uh, we will be looking for those messages. Just give us your name. Uh, it's a private line. Nobody's going to see it, but but some of our pastors. And if you need special prayer, it's going to be sent to our prayer ministries team. And uh, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, you want to sign up. If you want to have Bible studies, if you want to be baptized, if you want to join through profession of faith, whatever, uh, however the Lord has spoken you, to you tonight, just go ahead and text it to that number. We thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit using the man of God tonight to take us a little higher. You know, the songwriter says every rung goes higher and higher. And so tonight uh, we have been taken a little bit higher. Uh, we want to remind you before we close uh, of, of all of the activities uh, of our Central States Conference virtual camp meeting at 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, at 6 p.m. Central Time, uh, you can you can join the VBS uh, program, uh, and then uh, for our kids, our, our, our heroes, uh, right there, you can join. Uh, get bring all your kids together uh, from the ages of four through 11. But if you've got some younger kids that want to uh, join in, or if you've got some older kids that want to be a part. Uh, we have that vacation Bible school at 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, and then at 7.30, uh, we will have our adult service again. Uh, every round is going to go a little bit higher. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to go up to Minneapolis, the epicenter uh, uh, of what's been happening uh, with the racial tension uh, with the death of George Floyd and Pastor Jonathan Fields, who is on the front line there in Minneapolis. Uh, he's going to bring us the word tomorrow night at 7.30. So make sure you are on the line. Our youth and our young adults, uh, they're going on right now. They, they're asking the question. They're answering the question. Do you know Jesus? Our young people are being introduced to Jesus. And tomorrow night, uh, we're going out to the city of St. Louis. Our young youth and young adults with Pastor Byron 
right. He's going to bring the word to our youth and young adults. And so make sure you get your kids, get your young people, uh, gather them around. And then our, for our Hispanic brethren, uh, if you've got some Spanish friends, if you've got some Hispanic, some Latino or, or Latin ex friends, uh, Pastor Benjamin Carballo, uh, man, he is bringing fire over there in, in, in our Hispanic uh, virtual camp meeting. They start at eight central. That is seven uh, mountain time, eight central. Uh, there you have it. And then uh, our, our, our number for those of you who are not able to join via YouTube or Facebook. Uh, if, if you've got some family members who, who are not as, as, as techno savvy uh, as, as you would like them to be, they can call this number. This is also our prayer line number, but they can call and they could get our English speaking service through this line, 425-436-6344, and then use the access code 214-549 and hit pound and they can be a part of the service as well. Uh, following up with, with Pastor Laravo's time, he's also gonna be, uh, 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 we're, we're gonna have a panel. We're gonna have a panel on this coming Sabbath afternoon. And we're gonna talk about this uh, race and the justice system right here in America at 4 p.m. Central Time. We've got a powerful panel, Pastor Laravo is going to be a part of that panel and he's going to share more about his speech to the to the state senators of Nebraska. We've got police officers. We have a judge, one of our very own, uh, one of our, our African-American church members is going to be a part of that panel. Uh, we have the mayor of Kansas City who is thinking about it. We need to pray on him that he would accept the invitation. We have a mental health professional. Uh, we have pastors. We have uh, college uh, professors who specialize in African-American studies and they know what we've gone through. And so at 4 p.m., excuse me, 4 p.m. Central Time on this coming Sabbath, you can't afford to miss it. Uh, why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer as we send you on your way tonight. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, we, we thank you for your word, but Lord, we thank you for this word tonight. Uh, Lord, it, it, it has burned within our hearts. And Lord, we are making commitments even now. As one of my friends would say, the preacher preached so good, I wanted to join the church all over again. Come on, say amen. But Lord, we, we thank you tonight. We thank you for using Pastor Laravo in a powerful and a mighty way tonight. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that has moved through uh, the, the, the internets, Lord. And, uh, and Lord, your word reminds us uh, that where two or three are gathered in your name and it's not limited by a building. Uh, and we sensed that last night and we felt it here on tonight. We have asked, uh, have heard the question asked, should Adventists fight for social justice, Lord? And we want to declare a resounding yes, sir, uh, that, that we have heard that call uh, and we will respond. We will make a difference in our community, Lord, for you. Lord, now as we leave this place, Lord. Help us to never leave your presence and bring us back on tomorrow night where every rung will go higher and higher, not because of us, but because of you. Lord, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the throne of grace. To you, O oh God, be dominion, power, and glory. In the name of Jesus, we 
pray. Let all God's children said, amen and amen. Well, everyone have a great night. Uh, enjoy your evening and we will see you back here six o'clock for VBS and we will see you at 7.30 for all of our services, Hispanics at eight o'clock. Good night and God bless you real good. Let the church say amen. Before I spoke a word, you were singing all.